0: Hello friends, welcome to Tank Up, the podcast all about video games and craft beer. I'm my host Ben, it's episode 369. 369, hooray, and I'm here with Lucy.
1: Hi. Hey, hey, hey. This is becoming a habit, just us two.
0: is <laughs> around now, he's definitely around. Uh, he is. <laughs> next week, I, would, I bet my house on next week. Uh, I might not actually And
1: then I just won't be there for some reason
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just ducked out uh, Just ducked out for a little bit
1: Like I just gotta go
0: to the shop Thanks bye Um, (laughs) Um, Cool Should we get into what we're drinking This week Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, What have you got
1: I've got a beer uh, Fresh from Wales Oh um, yes From Wild Horse Brewing Company Oh who are in? Well, they are in London. No, where I went mm. earlier this week. God, I've only been back a day. It seems like a lifetime ago. But um, yeah, I went to the brewery there. Uh, just picked up some cans there. Nice fridge. Had a nice little chin wag with the head of sales, Chris. Very nice lad. Um, but yeah, just I mean, that's other than Polly's. I think all I really drank was. Wild Horse okay. beers, so, whilst I was there. And, yeah, um, I had, a, had like, West Coast Pilsner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what else? Uh, Saison. Mm. Pale Ale. Oh, Saison um, right well, now would be nice. Um, but the one I picked up, well, i picked up several, but the one I've chosen mm. today is uh, their Whip Beer. Nice yellow can. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, And it's from the Elements series, which explores the ingredients, processes, and techniques or elements that make up the world's most diverse beverage, beer. Mm -hmm. Elements number seven is a whip beer inspired by modern versions of this historic, once almost lost Belgian wheat beer style. Our interpretation leans on laurel hops and a delicate expressive yeast for its floral, citrus, and light spice character. Uh, This one's 5.2%. 440 mil. Okay. Uh, can. uh Yeah. Other than Laurel hops, it doesn't mention which other ones are in it. Mm. But at least I know those are there. Cool. Um, yeah. Fair. yeah. Fair. Yeah. I haven't had a, whipped beer, um, in a half minute. Um, yeah. I haven't had so. Always from... see. Always see Blue Moon wherever you go. Yeah. It's just like sometimes I'm always just tempted because it is a. It is, is a banging beer. Is
0: Blue Moon a Whip beer? Or yeah. is it slightly different? Is it just a wheat beer?
1: Same thing, isn't it? Uh, is it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Some people, they're like, furiously typing on their keyboard, yeah. they're, like, she's so wrong. She well, knows.
0: actually, a wheat beer has four more hops in it. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's one more four. sheath of wheat in a
1: wheat beer. <laughs> but, yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I there's probably some, some difference that you, you know, you, somewhere, somebody knows. Maybe a lot of people know. Maybe yeah, yeah
0: absolutely. You know. And as, and as I'm gonna say, it and every single brewer cringes at the notion, mm. beers beer in it. So, and for more beers, I'm gonna drink. It's starting to sound a bit like a broken record. I'm going to drink a beer from Arbour. Um, mm. Because it's around the corner. And they keep banging out new hey. beers. So Why not, who am hey? I not to drink new beers from Arbour? Um, it's representing a pale. Bristol. This one is called Star Sailor. Uh, and they've changed their oh, can art very slightly. Pretty. So they've now got this lovely. Um, oh, I can put it, it more starts. in the more in the light. Where's the light coming down? The light's coming down over here, so people won't actually be able to see it. This lovely sort of like orange to purple kind of. Uh, uh, gr- Sunset. not quite grungy kind of effect but nice sort of like uh, um, almost watercolours that are sort of just like fading into each other it's very nice, very nice change to their sort of standard camera um, yeah. as with Arbor, you don't get a huge amount of stuff, it's 5.4% it's parallel brewed with Eldorado and Amarillo hops that is it
2: mm-hmm.
0: so, I'm going to drink this um, yes that's it nice can mm-hmm.
2: Basically, mm-hmm. that's all yeah. we get. That's looks all like get. It's like a from sunset on the
1: equator. Yeah, almost. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, I've, I've already tucked into mine because I've just been. Don't parched. Do it. Yeah. Um. Certainly looks like a Whitbeer. beer. It's,
2: mm. quite,
1: it's quite clear. It's, I guess it's a bit. Yeah, it's a bit cloudy. Um. But yeah, it's definitely more straw. I think it's coming up on camera like very orange, yes. like even iron brew colour. But in in real life, it's very much straw. It's almost the colour of the can. Um, I haven't had a bit of wild bears very... for
0: ages.
1: Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, nice, frothy white head, probably about two finger. Mm-hmm. Smell wise, probably getting a bit of um. I think you're getting mostly the malts on the aroma, mm. just slightly bready. Not maybe a bit, a bit of lemon, but not much, not okay. much. Okay. Even in terms of the malt, I guess malt is the overwhelming mm. smell.
0: Which but. you would you know expect. You might mm. get a little bit of sort of uh, with a whip bit, a little bit of spice, maybe a little bit of peppery kind of uh, and citrus. Sort of notes creeping through, I suppose. As you say, there's a little bit of citrus in there, so
1: yeah, yeah, getting that citrus on the taste as well. Mm. But I guess lemon, very much lemon, not yeah. not really like any anything like orange or just just largely lemon. Um, it's it's not got as much crispness as I'd expect, but to be okay. fair, did take them out of the fridge at the brewery. Did leave them in a hotel room overnight where they were not chilled. <laughs> uh, I should have just left the fan on all night and just chilled them that way. Um, uh, then they went into a cool bag on the way back home, right. so they, they they've, they've travelled. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they were in a um, you know refrigerated van, mm. so
0: zero cold so, yeah. chain going on.
1: Mm, yeah, <laughs> just warm chain all the way. But um, it's. Yeah, it hasn't got that like carbonation or that crisp that right, okay. I really want from a whit bit. But mm. In terms of taste. Yeah, am getting bits of lemon. I think this is just like the completely wrong setting. I should have just drank this one on the beach because <laughs> <laughs> that would have just been like very thirst quenching. But it is, it has got a wetness to it where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah it is thirst quenching it isn't just dry mm-hmm. and like not crisp not not carbonated or anything like that it's um yeah i think i think the malt and I'm getting a bit of bitterness as well with the you're not expecting tons of like citrusy tropical flavor of yeah. course but um i'm not getting much more than the lemon okay. at this point okay. um yeah i mean it, it takes a tastes a little bit like a pilsner oh or like a uh, or, or, or a lager um it's got a little bit more of like a kind of
0: slightly not quite dank but a little bit more like the malts are taking on that kind of yeah. aspect yeah the,
1: uh, it's it's more malt forward mm. than um than i'd expect and i think that's why yeah tasting a bit like a, a lager but yeah uh, as i say you're not getting that crispness or mm-hmm. that you'd Associate with a lager not not nearly as much so it, is, it has got like a you know easier smoother body um but yeah it, it's nice it's nice it's um i mean we get so few whip beers these days you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's like um i can't even remember a good example that obviously isn't me. um but yeah it's 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 not doing a lot but it's doing enough okay. it's doing enough cool. to like quench my thirst give give a little bit of flavour um probably on you know a sunny day in the in the on the beach or in the park or something like that in the sun this would probably go much further away. Yeah. but um otherwise it's uh, as i say it's it's pleasant it's pleasant mm. Mm. but um okay but nothing that i'd i'd rave about currently mm. in, in in this can as I say, probably not the best test case. Um but yeah, as I say, the ones that I had on tap, um, they were were lovely, like especially the Pilsner. That was um West Coast Pilsner, that was really good. So
0: Worth just going to see them then, I suppose. Having a little drive yeah. and going for a visit. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a reason to. Uh this this is why we need to like just be change jobs and just be yeah. like beer testers, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like just today, we're these in these con- different Wales. conditions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'll I'll get me uh me notebook out in my lab coat. And <laughs> get right. We'll send you on a, a cicerone
0: course, and uh, yeah. uh, and you can just then tour the country mm. and be like, hmm, mm, yes, mm. this beer has yeah. hints of lychee. Nothing else.
1: Even though, Just, like, yeah, there's no.
0: no lychee in it. You're like, yes, there definitely is. I'm telling you.
1: <laughs> I may be 10 beers in, but I know what I'm talking about. <laughs>
0: Brilliant. Um, uh, yeah, this arbor, then, um, is an incredibly pale L. That's so pale. <laughs> um, it's not even straw colour. It's like I've, you know, I've drank maybe like two litres of water and then been to the toilet. It's kind of, Lovely. you know, it's along that line of
1: very very
0: pale yellow um, yes. the nose in the can is slightly different to when it cracked maybe it's just it's just dissipated it's just not quite as strong as when the when the cran when the can cracked but I'm not getting a huge amount off of it a little bit of citrus maybe but not much and again from the can now it's it's kind of almost gone it's a shame I didn't sort mm-hmm. of capture my Sort of thoughts on what came out when it um, when it cracked, but it pulled with almost no head at all, and you can see that there's there's almost nothing there either. Just a little bit of yeah. lacing, but but barely anything. Mm, it's got a little bit of carbonation to it, a little bit of fizz. Wow. Okay. It's it's a pale ale in color. It's a pale ale. In its initial sort of taste, but it bitters up massively
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> as that
0: finish comes in. So there's a little hint of citrus at the right at the front, but then it moves into this incredibly piney, incredibly resinous bitterness to it and it's almost because it's so carbonated it really hits the back of your mouth and it's very I think big in it's bitterness and it's not quite edging towards ashy it it stays in it's lane of kind of big pine notes Um, oh this is nice hang on hang on (laughs) So there's something else at the start as well. Maybe not just citrus. Maybe another another fruit in there as well. Mm. But it's hard to tell because it re- really quickly just hits into that kind of piney to, to, bitterness. Yeah, bitterness. And that overtakes yeah. everything. Um it dries out incredibly quickly as well. And there is this sort of lasting, I suppose lasting piney bitter note because it's carbonated and, and it's still kind of a little bit tingly in the mouth even now um, but there is a bit of a lasting lemon <laughs> what you said a little bit of a lasting citrus and, and probably lemon more lemon flavor because it's giving me it's not quite there but it's giving me slight washing up vibes mm. not in terms of it being harsh um, mm-hmm. but just the scent you know when you pop the cap of a washing up liquid, and you get that little waft of kind of lemony scent from it. Mm-hmm. This gives me that a little bit in the flavor, but as the kind of the lasting flavor, the bit that comes after all of that big, okay. punchy, piney bitterness. When that started to disappear, that little bit of I'm lemon sure. just creeps in a touch. Um, I mean, I like it. I like it.
1: Okay. Well, well, that's good. <laughs> um, mm. I just want to come back to my beer for a second. Yeah, man. of course. I'm getting a bit more acclimated to it, starting to pick up. Um, I guess sort of mm, creaminess is probably the wrong word. But okay. The wheat, then. I'm starting to pick up the wheat. Um, I guess. I guess maybe a bit of banana, a bit of clove, a bit of. Hmm. It's starting to taste a bit more like a wheat, wheat beer now. Good, good. Maybe getting those extra yes. sort of notes that
0: you would expect it to to come yes. through with. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Maybe just need a little longer on the palate mm. for things to come through. But
0: it's it's kind of mm. it's an interesting sort of uh, discussion, I suppose, to have in terms of not just the podcast, but in terms of beer tasting. You kind of, know, because we give kind of like here's the initial impression, but actually after. Five minutes, a beer can taste radically different. And again, mm-hmm. after thirty minutes, the beer can taste very different as your palate acclimatizes. As we've talked a lot about kind of having beer on beer on beer, and and what the yeah. effects of a beer previously will do to to that. That what's the true flavour of a beer? Um, because <laughs> again, you know, we might have a, a brewer listen and go, well oh, that's not the flavour we were going for," but I can see why in the initial kind of crack why you're getting that from this please talk about our beer after five minutes which we don't Mm -hmm. tend to do Mm -hmm. we don't have sort of this is the 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 start and this is the middle it's just kind of start and and end for for the way Mm -hmm. that we kind of discuss the beers at
1: least at the end of the podcast we uh give overall thoughts Mm. Mm. that we can still remember by them if we can remember
0: (laughs) absolutely yes (laughs) Um, if it's got a memorable middle to it and we 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 recognize Mm -hmm. that journey running through i suppose Mm -hmm. um yes absolutely uh but it's it's kind of you could and i'm I'm sure people probably have done you could have a podcast that is just us sat here just talking about the beer uh, uh talking about one two however many beers um and just charting what we feel about it over a 15 mm-hmm. minute kind of period, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, 20 minute period. But
1: just like get like a special, I don't know, four pack of some series that some is playing. Mm, and blue Moon. Just do that. Mm.
0: Just <laughs> yeah, Blue Moon every week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just four, four,
1: four bottles of Blue Moon. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, a previous podcast or podcast founder with me alex um mm-hmm. a few years ago when we went on his um stag do his very small bristol based stag do that basically it was mm-hmm. me him and adult we just went and got pissed and played a load of pool that um, sounds very good we went to we went to this uh like a pool hall in bristol and it's kind of one of these sports bars come pool halls come hang out and drink here kind of venues Mm. you know it's not quite a snooker club it's not quite a sports bar it's kind of somewhere in the middle but uh, the craft beer of choice there was Blue Moon and we I mean, just we drank a fuck ton of it.
2: Like I mean, we, we you know,
0: we did a few places first, you know, we did the King Street kind of shuffle and, and a Royal Navy volunteer and Kongs and and beer emporium and stuff and, and did that. And then we're like, should we go and play some pool? Yeah, absolutely. So like we drank all of these excellent beers already. We'll just, just drink a load of blue moon now, it's fine.
1: Oh, that's it. Ben, you've just brought me back just to <laughs> you know, being in like one of those yeah, pool halls or our TVs, like Yep. And I remember going to one, it was just like they had the most amazing onion rings. <laughs> 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 i just missing those onion rings. But um, it wasn't those like fancy beer battered onion rings. I'm very much in the camp of give me a dirty onion ring. You know, mm. the breaded ones that are like you can buy for like 600 for a pound.
0: Straight from the freezer.
1: Deep fry. Yep. Straight yep. from the freezer. In the deep fryer. Got in out and they're just, well, yes. Nice. Good
0: times. Ooh, b- bit of Good bit of barbecue sauce, bit of sweet chili yeah. sauce, done.
1: Bit of mayo, yeah. yeah. Garlic mayo, if you're feeling fancy.
0: Ooh. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, garlic mayo <laughs> and, and and onion rings. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: um,
0: let's enjoy these beers and mm. come on to games, I suppose, and talk about what video games no, we I, have I, been playing. I don't player. want to talk no, about video. Talk about- I just
1: want to stay in this moment and just stare. stare. <laughs> <laughs> stare idly at the screen for like an hour just reminiscing just back. think about onion rings yeah.
0: what, when was the last it's time you had an onion ring Lucy?
1: oh far too long ago probably one of the dirty <laughs> ones um, it's been a while it's mm. been because yeah, they're not satisfying if you just get the ones from the shop and doing them in the oven
2: oh, it no, has absolutely to be deep not.
1: fried Yeah. Mm. then you feel real dirty yeah. you have to get deep fried from a shop gosh problem I must have had onion rings in the last year I must have gosh I need to, I need to just go to a dirty little Kebab shop, just ask for onion rings. Definitely, Give me sixty onion rings. <laughs> like Homer Simpson when they're like on the raft uh, in the middle of nowhere, and just goes to the oil ring, crusty burgers. <laughs> he goes, "I want six hundred crusty burgers." He like if onion rings. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Or oh, when he's
0: yeah. when he's in the all you can eat fish. <laughs> uh, a restaurant, it's just one oh. shrimp constantly, just all of the shrimp, you're just there with all, oh, all of the other rings, episode. like, ah, don't like, <laughs> yeah. just being dragged when, out the door.
1: And when he sues them, <laughs> and Marge is testifying <laughs> 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 I mean, that we drove around all the springfield yeah. looking at oh, all you can eat on both and what happens when you didn't do that, Mrs. Simpson, she just, just breaks down saying, we went fishing <laughs> <laughs> Oh that's one of the best moments in that old T V show. <laughs> we went early, early Simpsons is still the best Simpsons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh dear. Oh man It will be it will
0: be it will be us one day. We'll see.
1: One day. <laughs> I I've been there. <laughs> when you've just had too much and it's just like, okay, I need something to eat it's like
0: just staring at the canal in Birmingham, like Ooh.
1: <laughs> you're taking someone that designated driver many places just to find the only place that's open. Yeah, you know, at like three AM. <laughs> um, but
0: on your um on your trip to Wales, did you go anywhere else? Did you go to any other breweries or or kind of pubs and and stuff? Or was it kind of land? Like, i not know there's a, a couple of things there potentially.
1: Mm, um the main place that i went i went there twice was uh called taps micropub um mm-hmm. which is where they had a lot of the wild horse beers and some welsh beers on cask and some pollies and so i don't think they had any tiny Rebel, but um yeah that was the main place um most places that i went though uh like even the pier they had wild horse on tap Okay. Um, so that was nice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that's it. I had a is it, what was it? Snowden Lager from which is what was it Snowdonia Lager or something mm. like that from which was actually quite nice. Uh, just just out of a bottle. What was it? Snowden Lager, which uh, yeah, which is from Snowden Craft Beer okay in North Wales. It Was nice, um, yeah. But 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 other than that, no other breweries, no nowhere to note. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like it was nice just having Welsh beers because Welsh beers yeah. are very good. They've got a good scene there, so yeah. Um drank a lot of Wild Horse. That was that was mainly the uh, well, not a lot, but I probably only had like five pints. of to okay. well, oh well two and a bit days. No, I didn't drink the last day because I was driving. No. But, um, yeah, so... Fair. Wales. Welsh, Wales. Wales. They do good um, beer. Yeah, Reckon they do. They
0: Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, what else did you get up to whilst you were in Wales, Lucy?
1: <sighs> I just walked on the beach. Um, <laughs> literally. <laughs> I just walked up and down the East Parade and walked on the beach on the West Parade. Um, and I went to... Okay the summit of Great Orm, which is basically the bit at the end of right. Landon, no? Um, I think it was like 700 feet or something like that. And yeah, I just literally just sat there and stared at the ocean. Well, I guess it's That's fair. at the Irish Sea for like mm-hmm. hours on end, <laughs> and just like... Not listening to a podcast or anything. <laughs> just, just just staring at the sea. I don't know what that says in terms of my mental health, but it's just like yeah, just staring at the sea. That's all I did. I walked like I think it was about twenty five K over nice. two two I guess it's just two days, yeah. Yeah. All in all and I just, I just stared at the
2: sea.
1: <laughs> <Amazing>. <laughs> Literally Amazing. nothing else. I no. had an ice cream, I had fish and chips <laughs> but I uh, mostly just <laughs> stared at the ocean.
0: <laughs> I know one of the, uh, before you went one of the uh, um, I suppose you know, vague notions of an idea was that you might play a little bit.
1: I played a little bit. Of the New Zealand game. Yeah, I played a little bit um, when I was at the Summit. Oh, I was ooh. like, okay, I can, I can just, but I was like Maybe like 15, 20 minutes here and there, but mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, I just stare at the ocean, I don't see the ocean much, I live in Birmingham, what with these canals? <laughs> Please out to whatever you like,
0: you're yeah. at the ocean, like, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, plus, you know, it's very sunny, um, did well with the weather, so literally just sat outside, didn't have to wear a coat, just a jumper, <laughs> just <laughs> stared... Just stared across the sea, um, yeah, yeah, the reason I haven't played much Zelda is because it has not grabbed me yet, and i I know the reason for it is because I'm right. still in like the tutorial area, okay. um I think it was the same with like uh breath of the wild, where uh at the start of it you're on the is it the great plateau or something like that, which is basically the tutorialized area where you don't have. Enough stamina, or you don't have your paraglider, you don't have anything. Mm-hmm. It's basically you're in this very, still quite large, but you don't confined even have nipples, do you? You
0: are. He doesn't even have nipples at that point, does he?
1: I don't know because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked that closely because I'm not a freak. Maria though does have nipples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's the the um I'm just off track now. That you're talking about Link's nipples, but um the opening area, sure. the opening area, the, the, the uh, tutorialised area, um, it's doing the same in Tears of the Kingdom. That's what it's called. Um, where you're having to go through, basically, this ghostly man sending you go to these free shrines. Um, mm-hmm. and they're quite. Separated. They're quite far apart, and it's like okay. It's basically all about tra- traversal how, with these new abilities that Link has, which basically like banjo kazooie nuts and bolts, putting things together and sticking things there. Yeah, yeah. Making pulleys and you know levers and vehicles. bridges and vehicles. minecarts. Yeah. carts. It, so it's definitely just to cho- you know giving you a tutorial to get accustomed to the controls, which, mm-hmm. slightly finicky at the start, but then they seem quite... They seem, well, you've only got so many buttons to work with. Quite intuitive, considering it's, like, controller and it's not mouse and keyboard. They, you know, I I think the controls are decent, Um, but getting used nice. to that and... You know, just... It, what I'm... Hmm, what I'm... I am what i am i will not say worried, but I guess worried about is... This is clearly the tutorial, and it's wanting you to make certain things to, you know, traverse these, you know, because you're basically up in the sky, um, traverse these, like, different sky islands, um, my worry is that after I get out of the tutorial part is, like, am I gonna, am I going to want to be experimental in making these Mm -hmm. things, because the first the first game, Breath of the Wild, that wasn't the draw of the game for me. The game was more not not exactly traversing it. Traversing was fun, like in the paraglider and getting your stamina up and climbing and this and that. But it was more seeing around what's around every corner. Um, if, if it's just like a number of like disparate like islands and nothing feels that connective and cohesive, and it's mm-hmm. all about how do I get to this next place? But it isn't just okay, like so far I've made the same like minecart like four or five times or like the same bridge that's just made out of logs or wooden planks. You know, I've done that. And it's like are there gonna be are there gonna be interesting ways that they can implement these mechanics to make traversal different all the time or am I just not going to have incentive to, like, maybe there's, like, this really far-off island and maybe that's, like, enticing for some people to think, "Oh, what contraction could I make to get mm-hmm. over here? But me, as someone who... I guess that whole kind of, like, physics engine kind of thing never really appealed to me. Yeah. Or, yeah. or maybe not even appeal. I just never got too deep into it. Am I going to be bothered about that? Am I Am I going to be incentivized if it's just like oh there's just a Korok seed over there mm-hmm. um, I guess if it's something like uh, Eventide Island in the first game where it's like this really far off island it's like oh how do I get there and it's like I think the only way would have been really other than to build a boat is like to paraglide get somewhere high enough and then paraglide over there mm-hmm. um and there was, like, a whole different, like, mini side quest over there. Um, right. So, if it has those kinds of things, then yes, I'd be interested. Uh, um, but if it's just like, oh, I'm just going to find a chest or a Korok seed. A chest with a weapon that's going to break. Yeah. <laughs> you <Yeah>, know, it's like... <laughs> mm, um, so, 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 we'll see how it goes. Um, I liked Breath of the Wild enough. I don't... I'm not enamoured by that first game like a lot of people are. Mm -hmm. I found the, you know, just the exploration um, the most appealing thing about it. The story, bad. Dungeons, bad. Didn't like the weapon thingy. Uh, I think the only thing that's going to be more interesting about this and what what leads me to tolerate the weapon degradability is that you can combine, like... Weapons with random items, like you can put like an icicle on the end of a spear, and it's stronger, and you know, the um the stats, the damage stats go up. So maybe, do you? I think uh, so.
0: Do you know, like, Mm. uh, as a game that kind of I suppose has lent heavily then into saying we've got this basic kind of build for a game, you know, almost as a sequel. Just rip the code, make a new place, as they could have done. You know, rip the code, make a new place, change the order of things a little bit, and we've got a sequel to the game. Putting in this level of crafting and actually making that a little bit more uh, key to exploration and moving around and that sort of stuff. Do they give you, uh, you know, if you go here is a stick and here is a an icicle and does it tell you what you're going to make or is it more about that kind of uh, experimentation as yeah. well with, with items
1: yeah it's more of that experimentation mm. I think that will be interesting um, uh, to see because like I shouldn't have watched the um, the latest well I think it may have been the only demo before release where it was like oh if you put like an eyeball on the end of an arrow, it basically becomes like a targeted missile. Um, right. <laughs> and it's like, oh. <laughs> so, there has to be more stuff. I'm very yep. early, I'm talking from probably massive place of ignorance here. If anyone's got further and people are like, oh no! There's so much to it! Then I apologise. And <laughs> I, I'm sure there is. Um, it's just that right now, getting out of the tutorial. Not a slog, but it's like... Mm. You know, it's very much focusing on the part of the game which I think I won't enjoy as much because sure. as I say, like that whole creativity and physics, you know, manipulation kind of stuff it it doesn't get me hot and heavy like um, you know, other aspects of gaming. That's why you know, some things apart from I guess maybe Minecraft most things I'm just like mm. just just I like directed things. I like puzzles. Like, maybe, maybe the dungeons are, like, way better. Um, I I mean, I was, it's so annoying, like, when a game like this comes out, and, like, when you actually have interest in it, and there's, like, gazillions of articles. Because I, I stay off social media anyway, but when I'm just like, oh, what's what's the gaming news? And just look at my mm. list of articles in my Newsify account. It's just, like... Everything Zelda, and I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's how yeah. websites stay afloat, but God, yeah. please—is there any way just to mute them all? So <laughs> I have to see? <laughs> I, it's I've, seen, I've seen a
0: lot, even even without uh, having searched for the game or anything. I see yeah. a lot uh, about it at the moment, and lots of we've made a hoverboard of some kind, or we've made a yeah, paraglider yeah. kind of jet plane or something. I'm like, what? Mm. What is this now? What this isn't <laughs> Zelda. This <laughs> yeah. is this is strayed so far from what you would kind of, I suppose, think of Zelda. Kerbal mm. um, Space you know,
1: Program now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it
0: it it's also an interesting kind of take that they've they they've gone in a very specific direction with it, right? Or it feels mm. like they have without having played it, and with your kind of early impressions, it feels like they've very much lent into something which seems a bit kind of foreign to the franchise and seems something that's kind of been not shoehorned in at all, but something Um, which is very new for it. Yeah, I mean, I
1: think the first game laid that groundwork of how the world interacted with mm -hmm. each other. and and, You know, but I think this was probably a sensible and probably the most natural path to take. But um, yeah, in, in terms of like, the series as a whole, the franchise as a whole, it is quite alien, for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. Do you see, and I suppose the the way that we have spoken about Elden Ring mm-hmm. and the not just the change to the kind of Dark Souls Soulsborne formula uh, that Elden Ring brought to that series, but actually the implications that that game has for open world games. As well, and kind of the impact that it might sort of have on open world. Do, do you think? And because cause the first because uh, Breath of the Wild was talked about in that kind of way, wasn't it? It's like oh, it's a revolution mm-hmm. in open world games in terms of kind of what it does. Does Tears of the Kingdom kind of push that along in any way, or is it? I, I, or, or, or as again from your kind of very yeah, early yeah, impressions,
1: exactly. Yeah, early. Just 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 in terms of, I don't I don't think so. Like. <laughs> I don't know how many open world games will actually take the effort to create a whole world where things make sense in, in terms of like the real world like you know this catches fire we're going to make the whole forest burn you know if you like mm. Far Cry 2 in like one yeah, yeah yeah but how many Far Cry 2s are there like you know I I think yeah, yeah, absolutely but even with, like yeah. z- the first Zelda very much inspired like, Elden Ring in sense of that. It Mm -hmm. was this open world, go wherever you you want, you know. Um, Elden Ring doesn't have as many ways to interact with the world um, as Zelda. It's just that kind of like, let the player go, give them freedom kind of approach to game design, Mm -hmm. which I think is probably more what I'd Want from games because yeah, there there are a ton of like Zelda is borrowed from, more so borrowed rather than inspired from like a lot of other games like Far Cry Two, like Minecraft with the crafting and stuff like that. The way the world interacts with yeah, um, things. So I, I think I think Zelda and and the first game, whilst it was you know different in many ways, I think it was mostly iterative of like most other big games that have been part of the industry for the last, last 10, 15 years. Mm. I don't think it was as revolutionary as people think it was. Sure. I just think it was, okay, this is Nintendo, they've got time and money and polish, and this is mm. just a very good accumulation of the things that have come prior to it. I don't think it was like, oh, this has never seen been seen before. It's like GTA existed, you know? So it's like, yeah, yeah. Mm, and I don't it, think it, a lot of devs have the time and the money to make fully formed physics systems, and yes. if they do, I don't know. I, I think most of the things you've probably seen like in indie space with a much smaller world, um, mm. or like worse graphics, or like Minecraft voxels. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, so it's
2: yeah. again
0: in terms of like Zelda as a franchise, it's an interesting point to kind of be uh-huh. at because. You know, uh, going back to kind of like early Zelda games, we've got lots of games now which have spawned out of that kind of archetype, Mm -hmm. I suppose. And then there was a bit of a change from kind of those early Zeldas into the N64 era. Kind of games, you know, it, it went 3D, but it didn't change a huge amount about actually what that game was. Yeah. It was still an adventure game. You were still going around the dungeons. You are still collecting weapons to be able to kind of get through stuff. Majora's Mask a little bit different. It had that time shifting kind of mechanic to it, or the, and that, that that time limit on what you can actually do within mm-hmm. that game. That looping kind of cycle. Uh, Wind Waker again, then shifted slightly, and it's a bit more exploration in in the boat and this kind of thing. This this feels like it's that kind of shift right from that you know it's that kind of mid generation sort of shift where they've gone yeah we've got a game but let's just throw something completely different into the mix so wind waker had the boat the world was flooded you were sailing around this feels like yes something's happened the world is now in the air and fragmented for some reason or it's a new area i don't know Mm -hmm. again having not played it Uh um we've now got to give you the traversal to be able to get around it. And rather than giving you something to do that, we're allowing you the freedom to experiment and create and craft and do these various different things because we've recognized the massive um, you know, popularity of survival games and, and crafting and, and then Minecraft and all of these other sorts of things. So let's kind of bring that in. It does feel like it's a bit of a mid-generation kind of... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, not even improvement, but addition to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is like the Majora's Mask. Um, yeah, same engine, same, same everything, really. Um, yeah. But just little things added on. But it's like you, you spend so long making a game just to throw that out. You know, throughout the engine, throughout the, you know, character models, art, everything. Even for a company's big and cash flushes nintendo it would just seem like "Mm, why don't we just go back to the well and just you know make some more of this (laughs) yeah (laughs) add a few things and just you know try and make it better or make it slightly different so yeah i I get it um Mm. and yeah i had enough my experience with the first one was good enough that i had enough faith it was just like i'll just you know what I liked about is the discovery, the exploration. I'll go in blind on this one and just take a pun. Mm. It's like I had enough money in my account that I was just sitting there always, so uh, I was like, "Why not? Why not?"
0: Yeah, so, yeah, it's fair, absolutely mm-hmm. nice.
1: But as soon as I finish this, if I ever finish it, um, I'm going to give my Nintendo to my nephew anyway. So it's just like
0: <laughs> that's it. You're yeah. done.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. the swan song um, for this for this concert. And it runs well. It runs well. Um, a few frame rate dips, especially when there's like mm-hmm. a lot of foliage. But um, otherwise, it, it's 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 hanging in there better than I thought it would be. because <laughs> mm, <laughs> you know? mm. uh, the first game was uh, kind of choppy at times. But mm-hmm. I mean, I guess five extra years of learning that system optimized and, it just massively. Yeah, and there's yeah, it's not a ton more going on and maybe because of the island's being separate there's not a lot of like clear open space just to run into maybe that's sure, a purposeful yeah, yeah. design decision to separate everything I, I i don't know but it's running okay so that's good
0: cool nice good mm. good to know um mm. i suppose uh to move in to what i've been speaking about quite nicely from that because I've been playing a sequel which changes up the formula completely. um, Leisure Shoot Larry 2. Yeah, Leisure Shoot Larry 46 uh, spanked monkey or something. I don't know. Um, That is probably
1: one of the subtitles. (laughs) Um,
0: I've been playing Darkest Dungeon 2 uh, Mm. which I've spoken about before in terms of the early access pre-release kind of uh, uh, build. But it uh, it released towards the start of May as its kind of fully featured 1.0 version. Um, and I think I spoke about it a few episodes ago because I'd gone back to it to have mm. a look at it before yes. that full release. And had uh, um, a few issues. And actually, I think uh, um, I, I didn't list them. I kind of echoed and told everyone to go to listen to a Waypoint Radio episode yeah. where Ren had spoken about her issues with Darkest Engine, which I echoed, basically. Yeah. And everyone should do that, even though Waypoint now, sadly, doesn't um, exist right. anymore. Uh, hopefully, know, everything is listen. is still there on the internet for people to be able oh, to. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're going to keep those podcasts up for... Yeah. Uh, well, as long as uh, they will be hosted. And um, they were saying on the last podcast that the community's looking at a way to archiving everything. Yes. Which is really good. Yeah. So.
0: Uh, there would be, have been a ton of people who jumped on YouTube and saved videos and streams mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. of that sort of stuff as well. So, um, but I am very, very happy with what they've done with Darkest Dungeon 2. Um ...from the issues that I had with it. So, um, for people who haven't listened to that episode... ...or are unfamiliar... ...Darkest Dungeon 2 changes up from the original game... ...where it's a roguelike game... ...but Darkest Dungeon basically has you living in a village... ...as a set of heroes... ...and you go on a run of an area... ...and run through fighting enemies... Uh, progressing through the area, progressing through the dungeon. So you, you move through, you pick a door, you go through and there's an encounter, you go through and there's a chest, you go through and there's something else until you get to the end of the dungeon. And you can pick from a, a cast of characters, which all have different kind of archetypes, you know, fighter, mage, healer, and, and they're not quite as uh, um, predictable as that. There's a little bit of difference to them. So rather than a healer, you've got like a plague doctor who can either poison enemies or heal allies kind of thing. Um, or uh, uh, I suppose less of a um, kind of fighter, more of like a tank that can also help you with like your stress levels, because in Darkest Dungeon, stress is a big kind of issue as well. Um, And Darkest Dungeon 2 keeps all of those elements, but rather than you running through a dungeon, you're progressing along a a route in a coach. So it Mm -hmm. has a similar kind of setup to something like Slow the Spire, or inscription, the early stage of inscription, where you're kind of you've got a map, and you basically pick a route. You move through this route, and on screen you see your coach moving through. You might have small encounters kind of on the route, and various other things that happen. Mm-hmm. But part of my problem was that uh, the encounters were incredibly hard, and that there yeah. felt like a real lack of progression through it. And both of those have been improved. So on my first run, I got through to the, to the main boss. So I did the, the, the couple of areas that you have to mm-hmm. progress through. Got to the last one, progressed to the, to the main boss, and lost. Uh, second run through, progressed through to the second area. Managed to pick a route which hit a lair, which has like a sub-boss in as like a boss for that kind of area in and died to that. So, you know, a b- bit b- failed at that. And whilst I'm hitting all of these bigger kind of blocks and again, getting to the boss again on another run and, and failing at it, I feel a slight sense of progression and feel like at least I'm understanding why I'm being defeated and potentially what I can kind of do to help that. Not just in a run sort of sense, but also kind of as an overall row-like kind of game where there is this overarching sense of progression and character progression as well. So you don't kind of upgrade characters necessarily on a run, um, Mm -hmm. although you do get uh, what they call mastery points in certain encounters. When you get to the end of that run, you get to an inn, and you can then spend those mastery points to upgrade a skill that you have just by one. Um, you don't then get to the next in and you can upgrade it to level two. There's just one upgrade for each of those things. So it kind of encourages you to try different builds, try different upgrades uh, as you sort of uh, uh, progress through. But there is an overarching element of uh, uh, getting candles and the candles allow you to unlock progression for characters which 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 are kind of like levels for characters so actually you can do a okay. few runs and you've collected enough candles to level everyone up to like level three and yeah. that might be that you've got a better resistance to poison or bleeding you've got uh you've unlocked new skills you've um, got a different path to go down as well so uh, everyone starts off as a wanderer and then actually your plague doctor then might become a surgeon or might become something else and something else and something else. So there's a few of those things that are still to kind of explore and unlock. And it's it's kind of almost like different builds for different characters. So whilst you've got maybe 10 characters to choose from that you can take as a, as a foursome kind of on this run you can also then diverge into different kind of roles for each of those characters as well so kind of what you assume is like a thief becomes a marksman or a rogue or something which gives them a different set of skills
1: that's interesting that you which can is more
0: benefit yeah and, types, yeah and the game very much relies on um the position that characters are in during those battles so everyone is like ranked basically everyone is set up so you've got a side view of everything and everyone is ranked 1 to 4 you yourself mm-hmm. and all of the enemies and various characters work best if they're at rank 1, rank 2, rank 3 or rank 4 basically and changing those roles changes where those things are more beneficial so yeah. for the for the plague doctor being a surgeon it's more about healing and and that sort of stuff but i would imagine i haven't unlocked that one enough but i would imagine there's something that would change the position to make him more dps rather than kind of you know more damage rather than healing there's other characters that can bring in for kind of healing and that sort of stuff as well so it can change that dynamic up a little bit and i'm almost uh, and, and i haven't kind of i have thought about it but I haven't quite searched yet for like optimal builds for these kinds of characters, because this game is all about exploration and it's about uncovering exactly kind of like what you want to do with these characters and playstyle. And I think they've toned or, or, or turned down the difficulty enough that when you do die, you don't feel like you have just ended your run, and that's it. Like, shit, I've just wasted like an hour on this run and I've got nothing from it. What yeah. you've got is, you know, you've you've changed a couple of their roles up, you've got that little bit of knowledge uh, to understand what may have worked and may have not worked. And these candles, which allow you to unlock these characters' uh, skills and abilities a little bit more, um, are dropping more regularly than they were in one of the kind of, you know, pre-release, early access versions i think i was kind of doing a run and getting maybe like 10 or 12 candles and you needed three or four to be able to progress a a character that's
1: a whole Um, chandelier
0: that (laughs) well i'm getting i'm getting like three chandeliers worth per run now so you're actually getting closer to like 30 candles so you can unlock characters but you can also use them to improve um not just the characters but your kind of the the run itself so you can kind of say i want to put some more candles into exploration so Mm. when the map appears there's not as many question marks along it more things will pop up and tell me what the routes can be so i can plan the route a little bit better and actually i can know that i don't have to fight anybody until i get to this final kind of battle. Um, Because the game is all
1: about absolutely currency, rather than like oh I need this other thing to unlock this and then yeah that's that's cool that you can mix and match and take very much so very much.
0: And I think the second game is much more about atrophy than the first game Mm. as well, because things like uh, stress and all and health and things like that they're very limited in when you can benefit when you can get those back you know you want to fight people because actually your plague doctor has got a healing ability which he can do during a battle so you can just cast that a couple of times get some people back up to full health which actually between this point and this point wouldn't have happened if you were just exploring um, and going through kind of like different areas and you go to like a shrine, which progresses as a character's kind of story as well so there's that element to it too um there's hitting there's caches so you can go and just get a lot of items um there's fights there's the field hospital there's merchants there's lots of different things that you can kind of go to on the map so uh, again being able to unlock those extra bits it feels much more like a progressive kind of roguelike game with that overarching you know like everyone absolutely loved hades for kind of the idea that actually you could unlock and you could make him beefier between runs. So actually, yeah. you know, run number six went much better than run number three because you'd progressed enough that he was twice as beefier than he was on run number three as he is in kind of run number six. And Darkest Dungeon has uh, toned Everyone was egg. beefy in that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Beef City. Um, yeah. And Darkest Dungeon, whilst it's. Uh, Lovecraftian and Grimdark. I mean, everyone is pretty beefy in that sort of game as well. Uh, But it's definitely balanced out its sense of progression versus just that unending wave of atrophy that Mm -hmm. the early access games kind of, or early access version just felt. It just felt like everything was going downhill yeah. This feels like it's going downhill just at a much nicer <laughs> degree. <laughs> so and
1: much yeah, much steadier pace rather than just yeah. falling off a cliff. So, um,
0: Absolutely. And whilst I'm I haven't sure beaten roll. the <laughs> whilst I haven't beaten the boss even on the hmm. first chapter, and there's five chapters to play through. Still not through the first chapter. I think I'm 6 <laughs> runs in of this version of the game in okay, the first chapter okay. and I've got to the end boss and I I would I would hazard that on the next run I'm going mm. to be very close to beating them. Uh even in the first run I was quite close to beating them, you know, uh, um the the first boss is a set of uh four uh, like they're not pendulums, they're kind of like tokens on the end of chains. And each of them kind of, they take it in turns to do stuff. So the first one says, you can't do melee attacks. The second one's like, you can't heal. Mm. The third one's, you can't do ranged attacks. The fourth one's, you can't use items or improve your stress levels. So And it it rotates through that kind of thing. And a lot of the game is about strategy and management. Things that I absolutely love. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, cool, I know this one's going to stop me doing melee attacks. Absolutely fine. Because I've upgraded these ranged ones, and I've got these items, so actually, if I can take out the one that's going to kill my ranged attacks first,
2: mm-hmm. then I
0: just get to use all of those through the rest of the encounter. Or if I've I've got a lot of items and I've got really high stress, let's take out that kind of uh, token. First, and then i can just go through and defeat the rest of them so it's it's all about that learned knowledge and understanding kind of how these enemies kind of fight which is exciting because i'm still in chapter one and i've got four more chapters to understand and learn and play through uh that it it, it is about atrophy it is about being Mm -hmm. brutal and difficult and stuff but just in a almost in a fair or a much fairer kind of way than the early access version was giving oh,
1: me. That's good. I'm, I'm glad it's come full circle because, yeah, listening to you and Waypoint, it just seemed like that first game is so beloved. Um, yeah. And you no know, light for its punishing difficulty, but also its fairness. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, the first game was in early access. I'm sure they ironed out those kinks, so... The first time around, so... But I'm glad I'm glad they've been able to do it again. I mean... I mean, the community was probably telling them things they already knew, you <laughs> yeah. know? Just, um, but yeah, that's good, I'm glad. I'm glad, because, yeah, that first game's beloved, so... Would've, would've yeah. A bit rubbish if the second didn't live up to expectations. That's Absolutely.
0: Good. Um, good. It's... Yeah, you can kind of almost see, like... They know where they want the game to be, mm. so let's make the early access hard, or mm-hmm. go through waves, right? So early, early access when the game kind of first released into early access, it wasn't that difficult. You got you got meals and health between, uh, oh, you know, at the at the end of each run, so you could mm-hmm. beef everyone back up to full health and reduce all of their stress and improve their relationships, and then suddenly. With an early access patch, that just dropped down massively and Mm -hmm. became just all the enemies were much harder. You didn't seem to hit as well. And it just became a a slog fest to try and get through it. And now they've kind of gone, oh, yes, here's that Mm -hmm. lovely middle point that we would like everyone to kind of be at. It's interesting in how much that is almost kind of manufactured to keep people on the hook through early access to get to this point. And then capture everyone else who's like, "I'll wait till the game is fully released mm-hmm. to actually be able to kind of uh, yeah. kind of play it," and them going, "Yes, this is now the exact moment and uh, level that we wanted it to be during our kind of release uh, but I, it's, yeah it, it it reduces down that um I think one of the other problems was if it, it felt like things could be quite long. Um, and take a while and I think because of that change in difficulty and the enemies aren't quite as hard you're only fighting them for like 4 rounds rather than 8 so that reduces that kind of play time that little bit to make it feel and there's not as many encounters, not as many fights through a run, there's lots of other stuff to uh, uh, to kind of lots of other areas that you can hit on one of those runs Um, so it doesn't quite feel as long Uh, in in each of those runs and probably um, the first chapter makes you go through two areas before you get Mm. to the mountain which is where the boss lives Um, and each of those areas maybe takes 20 minutes ish so you're maybe playing 20 minutes 30 minutes you're playing 40 minutes to an hour to then get to a boss Roughly, yeah. um, which I th- think seems like a reasonable amount of time. You know, if you die before you get to the boss, yeah, you spent like 40 minutes, but you haven't invested a huge amount. Yeah. And there is still a sense of progression. You know, you don't die and lose everything. You die and things like the candles that you've earned carry over and you take them with you and all of this sort of stuff. So there is still that sense of, of progression. You don't have to beat the boss to go through with all of the items that you've, you've come yeah. up with. Uh so yeah, they've they've balanced it very, very well from the uh previous comments that I'd I'd had. So yeah, really enjoying it.
1: Good. You'll have to update me once you beat those wind chimes. Um yeah. <laughs> and see where it goes from there. Um, yeah, yeah, completely. I took a little punt on a uh early access roguelike. Mm. Well. Yeah, it was um Gosh, uh, not Peglin, because I do want that. That's basically the Peggle uh, roguelike. Um, <laughs> that's an early access that I I will pick up at some point. Uh, back, pe- Is it made by back- the Peggle pe- developers or just a no. <laughs> people who uh, like me just want more Peggle and they've made it into like a uh, RPG roguelike kind of thing. nice. I think it's called Back- Backpack Hero, isn't it? Yes. Um, yes, which is basically you know, the Resident Evil um, you've got your briefcase and you're like rearranging yep. things in there. It's basically that with like uh, Slay the Spire. Um, oh. And th- the way you arrange things in your backpack um, you know, there's all these different Conditions like okay, if I put this like little amulet next to this shield or this sword, it gives it more defense or more more attack uh, mm. power. Um, so it's all about how you arrange things, and yeah, just going through like slay the slayer, aspire dungeons. Um, so yeah, I played 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 demo of that I think a while ago. Then I checked back in um, mm-hmm. recently. Now that it's on sale. I was just like yeah I'll see where this goes it seems fun Um, but uh, speaking of progression um, don't know how much there was in that demo um, and how much there's going to be in the game I think that's probably one of the things people are uh, you know um, not complaining about but the most feedback is on about just like run to run progression Um, so yeah we'll see where that goes but um, seems seems cool. Seems seems like something to keep your eye on. Uh, and I was gonna play Cryptmaster Master. I even launched oh, yeah. it, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I actually I have to be somewhere else. Let me go do that, <laughs> <laughs> and didn't didn't get around to playing it. So that is uh, that is on the docket for soon. Um. It just does, looks cool.
0: Will would, would, of would the game? Is, does the demo still live? Can you still play the demo if you wanted no,
1: to? No, no. But I just just right click, browse local files, and just yep. launch it straight from its folder. Yep. Um So, yeah, whenever there's a demo fest, people just download the demo on your computer as long as you've got the space, and then just launch it later because yeah, yeah. He does it goes. When you go onto the demo page, or, or just where it is in my library, it's like purchase. Purchase, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like just keep the. Demo Crypt up, Crypt know. Master was
0: Crypt Master was good. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. It was probably one of the better one of the best demos I played um, mm-hmm. during the Ludonaricon um, fest. Uh, I think um, that it was. It kind of it worked and it didn't. In some respects, so it wants you to basically type out stuff, um, yeah. and it's all about the exploration and uncovering of powers through uh, uh, uncovering letters, right? So you might defeat an enemy, and you or you go to a chest, and you can pick a letter. So the, an enemy says, an enemy drops like. Three letters, an O, an A, or a T. Which one do you want? You go, oh, cool. I'll have the T. And you've got four characters, and along the bottom they've all got a keyword, and the T might fill in on any of those kind of keywords. Mm-hmm. And so, like for the first character, the first word is without giving too much away, hit. So cool. you can then type H I T on your keyboard, yeah. and that is what the character does. It will hit stuff, and when you're in combat you're rolling through these various and you're, you're typing every time you're rolling through various actions that your characters can take but you have to unco- have to have uncovered them to know what those actions are right if you were to just be like oh i know hit that's the first character i'll go into the like third or fourth encounter that you find and that's the only action you have you're going to die you need to have explored a little bit to have uncovered letters, and you can do a little bit of uh, trial and error. You can just type stuff in when you're kind of just in the world, and uh, and 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 it will appear. So, again, for one of the characters, um, there's a, there's a very easy. And they're all three-letter words to start off with. Um, there's one that I had, and I'm like, fuck, what is that? I've got an A and a B. What comes before it? What what what, yeah. what would they do? oh, I've worked it out, I understand what this... I understand, cool. So I just typed it in and I'm like, oh, this character has discovered this
2: mm-hmm. action. I'm like,
0: cool, I can now do that in those combat encounters. Cool. So it has a little bit of allowance of you just kind of trial and erroring your way through uncovering these keywords for these characters to be able to do certain things. Uh, but it gives things kind of quite thick and fast like the letters so you don't have to do that so much um and it's a really interesting aesthetic uh, you move through mm. the world very easily you know you can just play on the keyboard basically if you wanted to um, I
1: saw an option for like joypad so I was like, yes uh, i did i did too oh, no, that's um, about... maybe it's yeah, just I don't with man. movement and everything else you have to do by voice or
0: so, there is just... Yeah, there there is a... There's four options. There's keypad... Uh, sorry, there's keyboard. Uh-huh. Keyboard and voice.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Joypad or joypad uh-huh. and voice.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And so, you can kind of basically say... Oh, I would imagine you can say the words. I don't know whether you have to spell them out. Because I only... I didn't choose that option to play with. But it's a very interesting game. Um... So yeah, oh, definitely, definitely be looking out for that when it uh, yeah. um, you know close to release, which uh, store page twenty twenty four I think coming. Oh yeah, next year. Yeah,
1: um, yeah it has typing in it, so I'm sold. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there was um, a game that was doing the rounds like last week. Um, gosh, there's touch was it touch type tails it's i know that it's a typing game match uh, mixed with rts um, okay is that what it's called touch type tails or something like that or typing tails um, oh i i I've, uh, I've, I've
0: i've written the word touch and t- there's some things that are probably um, uh, a little well, bit... Well, it's not nice on game. Steam,
1: for a start. <laughs> right. Uh, if you write the word uh, touch it's on Epic. Steam... No, please don't. Um, just a lot of anime games. Uh, it's <sighs> Touch tale and it's on Epic Games. Okay. Um, no, I just heard, uh, like, someone talking about it in the podcast. can't remember which, but I think it might be Nextlander. But yeah, it's it's an RTS. I'm watching the trailer for the first time now. Oh yeah. Ooh, you're typing. I don't like RTSs, but I like typing. Hmm.
0: So uh, well, I, I think <laughs> one of the one of the elements of um Critmaster, which yeah. was a little bit difficult, was that you're in a combat encounter and you have to type stuff out.
1: Yeah. And it makes and it really mind, frantic, like, and really dungeon tense. Dungeon crawlers, yeah, I don't mind dungeon crawlers, like first-person dungeon crawlers. I find them quite interesting. Um, but
2: the,
0: absolutely, but, but the battle encounters are, uh, are, are real-time. Yeah, so that's fine, because you're typing. The, the, you know, the enemy, the enemy <laughs> yes, you are typing, absolutely. And you'll type, and something will go in, and then you'll go to type a different thing. But then you'd be like, oh shit, that's the wrong thing. And you would delete, mm-hmm. delete, 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 delete. And you have to retype it. And your enemy's gone like, bam. Mm-hmm.
1: And he just that's absolutely cool, smashed yeah. you. That's like typing of the dead. Whereas this yeah. is like, yeah. Touch Type tile is a proper RTS where it's like you're gathering resources and stuff like that. So it looks like more busy work than typing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I might stick with cryptma- crypt, 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 crypt Master.
2: Mm mm-hmm.
1: um, there needs to be more typing games just in general
0: yeah I'd agree. I'd mm. Agree. Mm. Um, i agree
1: agree um touch like touch has got
0: type almost game. a little bit of a little bit of uh, uh something like uh Banisaga or jotun kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh almost mm-hmm. aesthetic to it whilst being a little a, bit kind of paper crafty and and stuff as well
1: is it a is yeah it 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 pissed or oh, maybe it's not Epistory, pissed it's Epistory, Epistory, I don't know, Typing Chronicles, E P I S T O R Y, which is uh, atmospheric adventure, action adventure game, where you play as a girl riding a giant fox who fights. Okay, mm. it's, it's got typing. <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: well, more, I mean, yeah. More, but yeah, I'm up for more typing games.
1: Any. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I've owned that on like, I think that's been free on my like epic games or whatever. I left PC Game Press, left E eight.
0: This is what we find there's just this really weird subgenre yeah. of epic typing Game games Store. and there's thousands of them.
1: Yeah, it was free earlier this year, January. Nice. Um Yeah, there needs to be more. I've looked far and Absolutely. wide.
0: Well, whilst people develop typing games for us to play, let's talk about our beers and round out the episode uh and, and return to them Lucy. Mm. The whip beer. I imagine it's all gone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, maybe I should play my teacher's typing. Anyway, um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was it was good. Um the whip beer. It as I said, maybe once I became more acclimated to the taste, like picking up on different notes like uh you know, banana, clove, maybe a hint more fruit than the lemon, maybe a bit of mm-hmm. orange or something like that. But um Yeah I think it was a nice beer and not a great whip beer, but still still nice, decent beer. Okay. Um, I've got like five more cans from Wild Horse, so maybe I'll get through those through <laughs> the weeks and not see, just a whip beer. See where beer. those land. No. Um Picked up a few different styles like pale ale, had a Saison. Ooh, this is a whip beer, I think there was a cold IPA, maybe. So, yeah, oh, yeah, a few styles to go through and check nice. out. Nice, so, yeah.
0: nice. Um, they had a bit of a core range. I remember seeing sort of several of the same beer for quite a while that they put out, mm-hmm. and again, this must be like two or three. Years ago, maybe, and we, we you know, I've drunk Wild Horse on the podcast previously. If people want to go back and listen to those yeah. thoughts at some point, I think um,
1: maybe the Buckskin Lager, because that was on tap quite a few places. Right, so there's one that's got like a bus stop. Cool.
0: It's about, it might just could be called bus stop, Um or lamp post, or something like that. Uh, really yeah, ambiguous like, kind of
1: picked that up. I don't mm. remember. <laughs> oh, it's it fine. But... We'll
0: find out in the coming weeks what Lucy has in her stash. Yes. Um But yeah, the wild horse for this week. You know, good.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Uh, and I would echo that with the Arbor Star Sailor. It's good. Uh, I enjoyed it. The bitterness does abate slightly, um as you drink it and your palate becomes a little bit more acclimatized and there's a little bit more fruit in there again i still can't quite pick out what it is there's that bit of citrus but there's that slight kind of more tropical stone fruit in there as well which is very very light um maybe it's not even stone fruit maybe it's something like pineapple or slightly ripe mango that's kind of coming through something that's actually quite weak that it changes it from a lemon squash to a tropical fruits <sighs> squash you can't quite work out exactly what that right. extra bit is to it um but the bitterness did did, did last uh, it lasted quite nicely and it was big enough that whilst it abated and, and and disappeared a little bit you're still getting that towards the end of the beer you know that that resinous piney bitterness mm-hmm. Is still sticking around. It doesn't just kind of water down to that initial kind of flavour. So yeah, that's it's a lovely beer. Um, I encourage Arbor to make more cans that are that's this very lovely patinated kind of yes. uh, finish to it. So yes, there are the beers yeah. for this week. In um, the games,
1: um, Lucy. Yes. Just to go back, it's tram car from Wild Hollow Spring.
0: Um, oh yeah, it is called cool yeah. car, Yes, yeah.
1: and and the the standard session is Nakota, which was in a lot of places. Mm. So yeah, I think they've got a session and and a lager, um, which are then part of their core. Uh, Nakota nice. and Buckskin. Any yeah, other tram car is A um, was it an American Pale? Uh, American IPA. So yeah, oh, perfect. Good.
0: Uh, potentially more to come on the podcast I suppose depending on you know whether you get out or I'm
1: pretty sure uh, Yeah, I don't think yeah. I'll drink more by next week
0: nice good um, yes so the beers the games that we've been playing come and tell us what you've been playing if you've been playing Zelda if you've been playing Darkest Dungeon 2 what's been going on come and talk to us on the discord and you can get me at Nova underscore 47 and Luciat. at
1: Juicy loose nine,
0: or all of us at mm. Tanked Up Cast, and hit one of us up for a link to the Discord. Uh, there's various other things outoflives.net to look at the articles that essentially Carl is posting, and and <laughs> see our beautiful faces and the beers that we are drinking over there as well. Lee's got a few reviews coming out soon, and we've got a few things in the works too that will be up on Ice of Out of Lives very soon. Is that a boo in a car?
1: A shy guy. Shy guy,
0: I'm looking at yeah, you on a very guy. small screen. I'm looking at you on this screen rather than this screen because you're tiny on this Sh- screen, but you're very shy, oh, yes, shy yes.
1: guy. It's a little shy guy <laughs> from uh, Mario Two, um, and I saw a funny article. Was it on hard drive? About doesn't that? <laughs> <laughs> it's very uh, it's very esoteric about <laughs> shy guy living off his residuals from. Mario too.
0: Nice. Can people just type in <laughs> shy guy and hard drive and it will basically come up?
1: Hopefully. Yeah. Good. Or, or yes. some weird furry porn. We don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: That's a good point to end the episode on. Everybody disappear now and and search to your heart's galore I suppose whatever you want really on the internet. Be as deviant as you need. Uh, but look at shy guy and hard drive and see if something <laughs> joyous comes up and you can tell us all sh- about sh-
2: it.
1: Shy guy still living good life obviously for Mary and Rose two residuals. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, oh, I wish I had drugs. some residuals to
0: live the good <laughs> life. Yeah. Off of. That'd be perfect. Um, <laughs> if you want to help us in that endeavour, listen to the episode, tell your friends, we'll get some sponsorships and then we'll just live like kings forever uh, from, mm. the, from the podcast and yes, previous please. episodes. Uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for joining us this week. <laughs> We've been tanked up. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> you can tell I'm tired because I did yeah, the outro I'm like saying. four times.
1: <laughs> I'm kind just <of> laughing senselessly. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing else to give tonight. I'm done.
2: <laughs> www.outoflives.net